Osiris. Count to three. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of... Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. You have found Daniel Donato's Lost Highway. That lost highway. Yes. Well, howdy, y'all. Welcome back to the Lost Highway, the podcast of all things cosmic country. Just got back home from the road yesterday. We had three shows, three acoustic shows. I got a new Martin uh, D28 guitar, and it's been blowing my mind. I'm really ready for this guitar in my life. My grandfather had a D18. He had a triple O. Never really played much. My dad never really played much, although he has a tattoo of a black strat that's poorly done on his right arm that he got somewhere in New Jersey. And he played a Martin as well. And... um I've never loved Martins. And it, was, it was this thing, but I just got this guitar and it's, it's changing my mind about the way I look at minimalist uh, movements within music and just classic tones. And in short, I'm really ready for this guitar. And it's like, what I'm coming to with that is do, don't try to rush anything. You know, Let things come into your life as they are and try not to judge them before they do come into your life. I was always judging Martins. Uh, you know, it's, oh, it's a cliche, right? Everyone has it. Well, there's a reason why everyone has one, Daniel. I want to share something with you that I read in the van uh, the other day that is um, just blowing my mind. I read it yesterday. I might have been on some animals, I'm not sure. But it was, um, there's two lines uh, from this uh, book called The Conversations with the Dead. And uh, this in particular is from the Bob Weir section. My friend uh, Joe Jurgensen, who's on this podcast as well, we did an episode together, got me this book. Thank you, Joe. Um, Bob Weir, if there's anything beyond that, he's talking about a, a lifestyle philosophy. If there's a lifestyle or philosophy that's to be found in there, it's to be found in adherence to these principles. Lean into the music and be as consistently excellent as one could possibly be. What I do take very seriously is the responsibility I hold to my audience to be as good as I possibly can be. I'm going to turn the page. The best advice I could possibly give to somebody who is a young musician is to make sure you enjoy what you're doing. Make sure you're entirely engrossed in it and you enjoy it. Whatever you're doing, playing guitar, writing, performing, recording, if you're not enjoying it, you're headed up a blind alley. I believe in fun. Music isn't about fun and nothing else for me, but it still should be fun. Otherwise, it's going to get old and it'll sound like it. I love when I read things that confirm my premonitions of my intuition because the intuition really is the asset that we undervalue all the time. At least I, I, I don't want to speak for everybody else. I undervalue my intuition quite a lot. And as uh, I'm starting to do that less and less and I'm starting to see the effects be so positive and beautiful. And so reading that from Bob moves me. Um, do the best you can do. At the end of the day, when you're talking to your internal audience in your mind, you're going to know if you didn't do the best. And that's going to compound into the next day, into the weeks after, into the months, into the years. And enjoy what you're doing. That is actually hard. It's actually hard to show up and try to enjoy what you're doing. It's easy to say, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna phone it in and do 75%. Or it's easy to say you don't understand something and that I'm quote unquote too dumb and to not take in the time and effort to try to understand it or work through it. Or it's too easy to say I'm too frustrated right now to actually try to tackle a problem that you know needs confronting. And um, 
Again, I never want to sound preachy on the front of the uh, podcast for The Lost Highway because a lot of it is just me writing down notes, journaling, and trying to critique myself in a critically transparent way for you guys in hopes that the practice for that radiates into some sort of a, a yield in your life that is of a positive nature. Um, I was reading this in the van yesterday after driving home from a weekend of intense touring. Um, we went to a, a Motel 6 and they ended up not having one of our rooms. So I had to sleep on the floor and it was like a whole thing. And it wasn't because of money. It was just like it was Labor Day weekend and the, every hotel within a hundred mile radius was booked. And um, always show up and do the best you can, even when life gives you uh, cosmic lemons. Make that cosmic lemonade. My next guest today is is John Radford, and I've known John Radford since I was 14 years old. He was the first drummer I ever remember noticing. Um, the way he contributes to music is unlike any other musician I've ever sat down with. Um, John is the co-producer of the new Cosmic Country album, Cosmic Country and Western Songs. And the way that, that this whole album came to be was that um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, let's call it chapter one, from like March to May... Uh, all venues in Nashville were shut down. But around May and June, they were given the ability uh, in a sovereign way to be able to put on shows if they chose to do so. And I immediately picked up a gig down at Roberts Western World. Um, it had to be a hard reset for my ego, and I had to do a hard reset of how I am viewing music. So I'll t I, I took any shift I could, and I went and played to maybe 20 people and never advertised the shows in any way. And John was always in the band. Uh, John was the first drummer that I played with in the Don Kelly band. He was the first drummer that got me my, my, my gigs in East Nashville. And he was a guy that always helped me get onto the scene. So we reconnected in this way and we played probably close to 75 shows um, together, four hours at a time. And we developed this language that is so fun and playful. And it really does remind me of, of, of the way John Fishman approaches jams. Uh, the way John plays. He, he listens to every note. And so it was a no-brainer uh, that we had to do a record together. And so how does a record come about? Well, we took all the songs that I used to do in the Don Kelly band and we put them through the Cosmic Country filter. And we were stoking this fire that nobody was, was seeing because nobody was really coming downtown at the time. So we're running these old 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s um, bluegrass songs and country songs um, through this filter of jam and, and intense harmony practice and uh, song composition. It, it, I can't wait for y'all to hear it. And so I wanted to bring John on to here to talk about um, our approach to this record, our history together. And I also wanted to subconsciously uh, throw you guys into a conversation that he and I have all the time, which is one of just this playful, joyous nature. We play together so well, we improvise together so well, so it only makes sense that our dialogue flows in that way. And we cover a lot of ground in this one. I cannot wait for you guys to, to hear the wisdom of Mr. Johnny Radford. What are what are some good disco records? Oh God! Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Oh, of course, of course, of course. John uh, Travolta. Donna Summer. I need love. Oh my God! I need love is is a masterpiece. I need love, Donna Summer. Donna Summer. Yeah. So it's I need love. I need love. That that's um that's like quasi like electro too. Let me see. I have my phone. Disco is in the sense that it's repetitive, like electro. Well, it's, it's analog. Well, it's disc. I mean, disco is very. It's four on the floor. Usually around one twenty-ish, one thirty-ish up there. It's boots for and the bats. yeah, a lot of boots and bats. Mm, 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 
and and you know it's it's just nice to dance to and move to. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is why do you think that works? Because I see it. I saw it at fish this weekend. What boots and like four on the floor? Like, yeah. Just why is it that we work so well for so long, and the monotony of it only gets more enticing, not boring? Because it's a very primal. It, it it's a very primal rhythm. But beside, like deeper than that. Though. It's, it's like, no, it is. It's very deep. It's a very human. It's human. Uh, we walk. You know, walking down the road to work. Boom, boom. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm glad you arrived. That's what you said. It's Eating like, our food. Walking the dog. Unless it's Don Kelly. Yeah. Well, that was a good. Yes, unless it's Don Kelly and we get right to that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, it's funny because you said it. Yeah, I know. Well, just, I mean, that rhythm, It it's a very primal rhythm. It's a very primal. human rhythm you know our heart our heart is a rhythm everything rhythm is all around us and that kind of movement or not in movement but that kind of rhythm right really especially for the part like party crowd like for just totally losing your mind and getting you know let's say getting your freak on yeah for some reason that kind of that rhythm has just stood the test of time and always will um, I had this idea. And I want to know what you think about it, which is when you lose your mind, you find something else. Totally. Yeah. It uh, like doesn't just end there. It's not like you lose your mind and you don't get something in return. Well, no, you. Well, you re- you you receive. Let's see. And that sounds like a Tom Marshall lyric. Kind of, but it's like... Well, that's when you're open for things to uh, to kind of come in. Right. Yeah, when, when, when you really have, especially an artist and like pursuing our craft, um, getting to that place, either playing or, or you know, whatever... It's it's you know that that's that's when new ideas and new concepts can come in and um, yeah just you're, you 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 uh, when you reach that zone where where things are let go then new things can come in and you can grab and if you let go then you can grab mm. onto the new things that come in too if you know what I mean what are you letting go of. Um, is it a presupposition that you know? If we're talking about playing music, yeah, yeah, I try to let go, and especially if we're in if if we're in disco mode, like four on the floor primal mode, I try to get to the place where nothing exists, um, except the sound that we are all making, mm-hmm. and right. me pushing. Especially like, especially with the kick drum, with the, mm, 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 mm. I mean that pu- that pulse, that pulse is everything. It is everything. That's, that is everything. So every you know, I'm just making sure that that kick drum is is happening. The, mm, 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 
<laughs> yeah. And we're talking about that, and we're talking, you know, that's also the Waylon beat. That's, you know, the four, the four on the floor transcends, you know. Everything. It transcends everything. Yeah, it is every genre. It's kind of like the shuffle. The shuffle. Like a, a Ray Price shuffle or a blues shuffle. Um... Crazy arms that reach to hold somebody new. Right. I mean, the shuffle. Right. Wow. I think there was a James Brown quote that the funk is temporary and the shuffle is forever. I think that was a James Brown quote. I don't remember, but I know that I use it, and it's stuck in my head. Whoa. The funk is temporary. Funk is temporary, and the shuffle is forever. And I always feel that that having being able to play a shuffle wow. is um, it's very important for a drummer to be able to do and to, to know how to do it, how to, how to swing that triplet time. Um, with confidence. With confidence. That's with great confidence. Thing. That's um, the thing I'm learning more and ever, or seeing more than ever in music, is where when you can feel in confidence and when you cannot feel it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a big thing. That's a big thing. It's a really large thing. We're covering a lot of ground real quick. Yeah, that's the way I, I do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the way we always do it as well. Uh, okay. Like. Well, yeah, confidence, confidence is huge. Confidence sets you apart from um, people that don't have it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean that that totally. that self belief in your craft and your feel in you and in, in, in yeah. yourself. It's you is where it starts. And yeah. In in you, the individual. Boy. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that really. <laughs> that's a big thing and that takes a lot of time mm -hmm. to yeah. to get through some people not as much for others some people get hip to the concept at earlier times me i feel like i got to it later i'm 42 years old and i feel like i started in on where i'm at now as a player uh a little over 10 years ago Thinking, thinking about yeah, thinking about time and groove and placement um, of where I put things and just my overall bigger concept of playing the drums has been in the past ten years. But when you say placement of time and it's like it's of course you were thinking about those things prior to thirty two. Not in the way that I right. So like, what is that way? Do you think? I, I the way that, that I was thinking before was mm -hmm. I was thinking that everything needed to be linked up with the click track because that's perfect and everything needs to be perfect in the Nashville studio because that's the way they do it. <laughs> but and, and really, that's not the way they do it. And, you know, right. you have to re... I had to Some smash way, every concept of what I thought was the way to do things I had to smash them and then put them all back together again in a new, a totally new way. Like that's a skill in itself is being able to say that what you thought was right, it might could um, have course correction for it. Yes. Applied. Well, <clears throat> the person that really introduced me to this concept mm 
Mm. is a gentleman named Michael Beinhorn. Who's that? He is the gentleman that produced uh, Soundgarden Super Unknown. Oh. He did um, Uplift Mofo Party Plan, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers. He did Mother's Milk Chili Peppers. Uh, he was part of... Didn't Rick the, Rubin do any of those records? He did. He Blood Rick Rubin did the one. <laughs> Rick Rubin did the ones after Michael. Um, oh, okay. He Rick Rubin got on with Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Um, Michael Bond. If you remember um, the Chili Peppers version of Higher Ground. Um, also probably uh, great cover. Yes, an amazing. Did they? They embodied that song and murdered it. Um, you do have to embody the song to cover it well. Oh yeah, you have to. You have. Yeah, you have to own it. That's why Roberts is such a great place because it's like you listen to Vicky Hart in the Long Strange Ship documentary, and he goes, "We're in the transportation business." Yes. It's like yes, that's 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 the truth. Roberts is like that's a vehicle for transportation more so than any other building on that street, aside from the Ryman probably in the Bridgestone. But like truly, like it is the third runner. I would agree. It's like. It might even be the first, really, because it's the smallest. For I would say this: for when it comes to the honky tonks, it's the vanguard. It's the it's truly the place where it is the vanguard. Wow. The best that are you know dedicated to the craft and to the tradition of what our town is built on. It's where they play. It's where they played before I got to town. Right, and me too, of course. And and so it's just the hugest honor to uh, yeah get to sit on that stage and play. Yeah. Yeah, because you know you're you're entering into a a pretty sacred spot. Show Bud steel guitars were made in that place. Yeah. You Willie know, Nelson, the be- some of the best players and steel players in the world hung out in that building. Oh yeah, you know. So I mean, you're you're stepping into a kind of history that's you know not advertised out out. It, 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 even it, well, they they at least acknowledge it in Roberts. But, but dude, that's what I'm saying is that it's only acknowledged. It's not like it's not exploited to a degree where. Yes, I would say that. I think for the people that know or want to know, they're gonna they're they're gonna see it. But for the layman, just normal, no. you know, the no. bachelorettes aren't gonna know that the show bud guitars but were, you know, made there. About that place is like I do too. it goes to show you that it's it's all right to to be a very specific kind of a person. And if that specific kind of person you are doesn't happen to be the norm, that's okay. And there's actually a strength there. And it's like, that was more real than ever on uh, the night we played after that fish show. I forget what day of the week it was last week. But it was, it was like, Tuesday night? It was Tuesday, August 3rd. Yes. And, and um, it was. I've never played a show there with that kind of energy before. It was the most, it, I was the most exhausted. We, we were, it <laughs> felt like we knew that, some people could be in the audience. Yeah. I, at least I knew I did. You, not, especially after like bands come and play shows, they like they to, always go they, to they like like they like to come to Roberts. Now why? Like that's the thing. It's like Because people know that that's where to go. But I wonder like on a deep level, there's probably a vibrational thing. There's probably an energy about that building that is you're not gonna go into a freaking Alan Jackson's good time bar and like Mr. Alan Jackson. Well, it, it, Roberts has the, the reputation. That's oh, the thing. You, yeah. you, it has the reputation. Like the branding and the reputation. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, yeah. But for legitimate reasons. For very legitimate yeah. reasons. There's a reason why Mike Gordon came there. It's like, that's yeah. a weird thing. Well, I mean, it's... 
years ago when I was busking on the street there, it was like, okay, there was about 15. Yeah. Now there's over 40. And all those places have three stages. Yeah, you're talking about clubs? Yeah. So there could be 100 potential stages down there. It's like... Roberts has stood the test of time. It has, you know... Wild. They were the home of BR549, and boy, those dudes are hip. They're pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that... It's always had, I mean, that, I'll just say this, that place was kind of, and those dudes were responsible for the resurgence of Lower Broadway. Chuck and, I mean, Chuck and those, du- those dudes are given, they were given, they have a lot of credit for that resurgence and that revival. I gotta sit down and talk with Chuck. You should. The Chuck, you should have Chuck on here. I should. You I, really should. I Chuck, saw Chuck the other night. I the, love you, Chuck Mead. Me too. Yeah, it's John Radford talking. I love <laughs> you, Chuck Mead. There it is. That's how genuine. Yeah, I, I'm and and Marty and 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 Mark, all those dudes. Mark, Mark Miller, player. yeah, all those dudes that are in his band right Scruggs. now. Scruggs, Scruggs has been in that. I mean, yeah, Lord, Chris Scruggs is in that band, which is pretty cool. Every, every, yeah, Chuck's just always had mighty, mighty country men in his band. <laughs> yeah, but none of them were Don. That's well, the thing. Now we're getting to it. Yeah, man. None of them were Don. Don had this way. Don is a complete and total individual, if I've ever met one. A total character. The best band leader I've ever worked for. Really? Oh, yeah. Why do you say that? Because he knew what he wanted, and I wanted to give it to him. And I respected him that much. He had the reputation of, you know having the really, really, really gnarly players in his band. Right. And he knew what he wanted. He knew exactly what he wanted. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it was his it was his way. He built that that yeah. uh that enterprise, let's just say. He built that and it was built on that sound too that was that band. If you if you look up the videos, you know what, what that sound is. It's very aggressive and right between the eyes, hard country music. Yeah, it really is. And he didn't it think really is. he really didn't <laughs> think you were up to snuff unless you could play that. At yeah. least as a player, like he judged players by if you could hang in his band or not. Which and he is, judged them by other things too. It's like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know anything about play. that. I just, well, you know, it would make know. sense that you play guitar like that, and maybe smoke a little weed. I don't think it's such a big deal, but you know. Well, he's. Done. That's all I'll say. That <laughs> that's it. With love too. Yes, with totally. love. We agree to disagree in this life. Well, he's Don. Don's a uh, Don's an old school dude. Man, Don comes from a time that um, I was reading Buck Owens' book. Life was hard. Oh yeah, like um, life was just much harder back then. Totally. And that kind of discipline, that work ethic, bled through his music. Oh yeah. And I realized that the second I stopped playing for him, and I mm-hmm. went and played with other people who weren't exposed to that much pressure and yeah. and challenge in life, and the music was different. Not better nor worse. Right, but it's mm. like, but different. And the, what you're going for, man, like Don, really, it was like doing push-ups. It's like going to the gym. It's it was like life or death. Up. It was. You're playing for your fucking life. You know, you listen to that uh, Garcia <laughs> quote where he took all that acid by accident backstage <sighs> in the cake, and he's like, he thought people were going to kill him. Yeah. And he goes, I'm just going to play for my life. And wasn't it? Out. Wasn't it a birthday cake? A birthday cake. And he's like, if I, if they, if I play for my life, they won't kill me. And, you know, whether or not he actually kept this up to snuff, he said that was his Where was that at? Was that, the, was that the, the Avalon West, or the Fillmore right? West? 
Avalon Fillmore West, one of them. Oh, it, it's because he thought that there were FBI dudes or something like that in yeah. the audience. Now we're having good Jerry talk. <laughs> Post Jerry. Yeah, B. there was like some some I think some real white collar dudes in the in the audience. I love I love that story by the way. So they brought in just a huge birthday cake. Dosed. Yeah, very very dosed. Very dosed. Very dosed. Let's say this birthday cake was uh, radioactive. <laughs> and suppose, yeah, I mean, it, I don't remember how Holy much shit. they said I was can't in imagine. it. I but can't I, imagine. Was it? Well, I don't remember which book I read that in either. But it's it's a really funny story. And yeah, he said he was playing for his life. And yeah, and when you got up on stage with Don Kelly, because you did not want to get that look from him. He's very disciplinary. Yeah. Very disciplined. You did not want to get cut from his band. You, yeah. I didn't. I mean, that was a big thing, man. I once I got up on that freaking bandstand. That was it. Like I did not want to get cut or get the look or. <laughs> he was a great boss. He was a man. It was like working for Buddy Rich. It was yeah. about it was about as close to that like kind of. Uh, I don't think he was as hard as Buddy, but he would like give you, he would give you the business on stage. And if, the thing too, is yeah, he, he would reciprocate it in the contrast. Yes, like Dom, you he would always take you to lunch. Yes, right, buy you lunch, and it would be fine. Yeah, and off stage, the mute life was different. Yeah, you, the, but when you're on stage and you're yeah. doing business, I, and it's good to talk about this to bring this up because it's like I could certainly use some of that Don Kelly in myself. Yeah. He was he was a and is you know a mentor like that, like it's you know I always felt like he wanted me to do good, you know, and whatever I did, especially while I was in his band, he wanted me to you know freaking do the business and kill when we're on stage. Am I correct in presuming that my first gig with Don you played? I wouldn't doubt it. I would. I think I, I might if it was a Sunday. And it was if it was at that time, then I think yeah. It was a late shift, something. Oh, wow, which I never realized. Because I got the gig when when Jerry Rowe moved to L.A. for a little bit. He gave up the Sunday night gig, and that's when I slid in. Yeah. So I replaced Jerry Rowe in the Don Sunday Night Band, and right. then you know, I would like fill in for Artie whenever he would be out of town, and then when was it I got in the band? Uh, Artie's a hell of a drummer. Artie is. A freaking how would you describe Artie's drumming? That's the thing too about Robert. He's he's such a, he's such a he dances right. He has the most beautiful like right hand. His ride symbol, and right. I try to replicate it. It's the most beautifully danceable ride symbol I've ever heard in my life. Is that not the word to describe John Fishman? It is a word to describe John. It's very, yes, I would. It's literally. It's very danceable. light, very danceable. There's something about the word danceable that's been my favorite adjective I've ever heard to describe a musician. Because it could mean technical, or it could mean not technical, or it could mean both. And not a lot of people can do it. Not that's, a lot of people can make people dance. And it's also like the most empathetic word. It's the most relatable word, too. Yes. Danceable. Yes. It's true. Like, Artie also pair that with Don. Yeah. Artie was a great servant. Is it servant? Yes. Is that how it works? Do you think with that, that are, hmm, interesting, servant? 
What do you mean? For a drummer? Yeah, you, you I'm I am serving the music. I am serving okay. you know, I'm serving Box. the band leader. The music or the band leader? Both, all of it. Like I'm not uh, there to freaking I see. Go for myself. Right. It is not my name on the marquee. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I am and I think any drummer that and musician that wants to go into being a studio musician, you know, oh, that's way different. Well, I'm just saying, being a musician of a hot that kind of caliber, yeah, like you should consider yourself a servant, yeah, because you were in you were in there to do what is called for, right? And I mean, that's how I look at myself as a drummer. Period. Even if I'm playing live, even with you, like you know, there's things that. I do on your gig that I don't do on other gigs. Like what? Because your gig is such a freaking... It's Don-like. Well, it's a high level. I'm not going to yeah. freaking play like that on... Uh, I don't know. Right, you couldn't. You know, some... Yeah. I'm not going to do that on a singer-songwriter gig at the five spot. No. <laughs> I'm not going to play at that that <laughs> intensity. You know, it's... it's yeah. You know, you... you like I, I look at myself as like a servant of of the music and the song and whatever is called for at any specific time. I want to be able to pull upon it and make that sound. So, you know, I don't play the way that I play with you with everybody, right? And I definitely don't play the way that I played with Don with everybody. How would you? What would you say the differences are? It's just man. Like Don's gig was pretty fast, pretty loud, pretty it's, intense. Oh, it's very intense, very loud, not jammy. No, not jammy. It was very, uh, it was presented and it was right between the eyes and it crushed your teeth. It was even the ballads were, were intense. Right, right, right. But it kept, it kept people's attention. Now, what do you think that is? How are you able to do that on a ballad? Because Don did have a thing, like we would do. It's playing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. It's like you know, we're corn don't grow. Yeah. Or a song like uh, "That's How I Got to Memphis" or um, um, "Fox on the Run," which I guess is bluegrass, but like "Sing Me Back Home." Everybody's talking at me. These ballads, they didn't feel like ballads. And you go to you go to see a singer songwriter night where it's granted that's cool, but those are like ballads, ballads. Yeah. It's like they don't. Well, it's you move like that. It's like. Well, it's the way that he played, the way he sang. Don was always very on top. Like, like beat-wise, it was very forward, very forward music. You think he's aware of that, or is that just his natural propensity? I think it's his his natural propensity. Is that the word? Yeah. I think it's his natural. so wrong, John. No, I I know. I I could be, too. I I might have uh, said it, you know, wrong than you just did. His na- his natural way is just freaking on uh, on. That's me. Like ahead. Yeah. Like if if yeah. You know I'm gonna I'm gonna show Daniel. I'm gonna show Daniel my finger. <laughs> <laughs> if the if the middle of the groove is right here, you know what I'm saying. If this is up and down, straight up. Yep, straight in. Don's up. is to the always. Right. Ahead. Right to the right a little. A yeah. Bit. Right a Don's little bit ahead. was not like soul music back. Yeah, man. 
You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like laid back, like feel good. It was a head and freaking. But there's something good about, there's something is feel good when you can improvise and overcome atop the beat. Yeah, like totally. There, there's something that's really um, tiresome. Yeah. Like it's it energetic. It's, it's, it's um, exciting. Right. It's very exciting. You're stimulating your audience on a level that's primal in their body as yeah. opposed to one that's more thoughtful in the context of the words and lyrics. Let's say it's you're like seeing The Who as opposed to seeing James Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. You know, if I, if way more sober. Way more sober, way just way more. It's just a different yeah. it's a totally different energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's all music and it's all good. It's all music and it's all good. Yeah. You can't put there's no rules on it. There's no rules. Well, that's the thing, too. Yeah, that is the thing. Unless you make them, and that's cool. But then you arrive at a place in your life where you see that those rules are were ultimately just vehicles to arrive at another mile marker in which you would get into another one. Yes. And the thing that actually is real is reality, not your rules that you put around the music. Granted, there are things, like yeah. time signature, yeah. be in tune, oh. obvious things. That's just... Yeah. Obvious, obvious things. But people do challenge those things. It's like, you know, there's bands that do that. King Gizzard, right? Well, yeah, I mean. It's like, Don, man, there was a thing where it was like, that was a, he broke rules to create like honky-tonk music. It's a very specific thing, honky-tonk music. Well, that, it was, that was his style of honky-tonk music. And. um, It's country music. Well, it was the, the guitar player. The guitar players that he always had and always featured, yeah, were you know super pickers. Super he pickers. Doug, the super pickers. Yeah, like the real fast Red Volkart. Oh yeah. You know, um, super. Pickers. All those dudes. JD Simo, Brent Mason, Guthrie Trap. Yourself, the yeah. whole freaking lineage of the freaking all the way to Luke. Luke McQueary. Um. Great so I mean, player. great young guitar player. Dude, one years old. It, it, now that was his style. Yeah. Oh yeah. That he gravitated towards the fire players. Fire players. I mean, dudes, it can literally yeah burn the fretboard. He had this way too of um of of telling you of demanding things out of you that you weren't brave enough to bring out of yourself on your own. Expound on that. So it's like um. It's like he, there would literally just be times after shows where it was feedback on certain things, you know. Um, one good example I could I can provide is um, we would play this song, uh, Hung It Up, Junior Brown, and it was a wickedly fast tempo. And uh, I would always fall off the tempo. And um, I wouldn't walk up to the front of the stage. And then after a show one night, uh, I was driving back to my car, Don in his like two-door Honda in his flip phone. (laughs) Like he was driving me back to my car because it was like three in the morning. I think it was a late Sunday show. I love it. And uh, he was like, when you get up to the front of the stage, turn your guitar up all the way to the top and stop counting and don't go below the 12th fret. Whoa. It was like, he really like made so like as a guitar player, you're gonna he's like forcing you to go up high on the guitar, play very loud, and stand in front of everybody in the front of the stage. So like you can't help but succeed. Awesome. And it would like 
you don't, but if you know, if your natural propensity <laughs> is to not do that at first, yeah. then you're not going to do that because that's too much pressure for one person to put on themselves to go be brave enough to do that. You need a, you need a, someone who can give you the bravery to imagine that of yourself, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, even though Don could have had his harsh ways yes. in communication, yes. boy, is that a generous way to lead. It's, it's, it's the best way to lead. Yeah. It's being a true leader. It's being a good leader. Well, it's, yeah. It's seeing, I think Don always saw the potential that was in each of us that we didn't, that we knew that was, I knew that it was in me. Yeah. There were just some lessons I needed a dude like that yeah. to tell me and to teach me. Yeah, man. And that, and, and, and he brought out the best in me. You hear people say that about Jerry Garcia, specifically, specifically Phil That's Lesh. true. Yeah. It's like there's a leadership quality that some players just have that brings shit out of people. Yes, I totally agree with that. And then fans react to those listeners, rather, really react to those groups in a way that's different than like, oh, there's the cool guy singing the cool song. Yeah. It's like it's way, it's more of a human level. That's true. Not saying that adoring one person on a pedestal who got first place on a trophy-like thing isn't human level, but it's like. Yeah. It's different. Like people, there was a Don Kelly fan page. People would come all the time to see Don, see us play from all over the world. All over the world, all the people proposing and shit in there to like <laughs> after Ghost Riders in the Sky, like random yeah. things. It's like it's interesting. Think about what kind of an anomaly that is. And due to his lack of ambition, he never toured. Yeah, which might have been a good thing. But I guarantee you, if Don toured with that band, if a band were to tour with that formula, it would hit. Man. It could hit hard because there, there's there are people that. Would that can't make it to our town? Yeah, that that want to see stuff like that. But that's what I wanted to do with this record, and I think I think we did a good job getting at it. I don't I, think we got a hundred percent there. I think we, uh, but I think we definitely really did it. I think we captured something very beautiful, and I think, uh, yeah, I I can't wait for people to hear it. I th- I think. Um, we represented right, and uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's just good old country music, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, straight up. We wanted, not overthought. Not overthought. We wanted it to feel like a good old night in Nashville, good old night at Roberts. Specifically there, like specifically yes. there, because specifically night, a good night in Nashville means a lot to a lot of people. <laughs> like so, <Yes>. you know, because <laughs> if you watch Broadway uncensored on Instagram, you'll know. <laughs> It's terrible. Oh man, there's like girls on the pedal taverns now that like pull their pants down and like guys go like shove their face in their asses like on the street. And why not? And it's like, man, like I guess why not? But it's oh, like, it's Babylon South, son. Babylon South. There's people like throwing Miller lights at like like white claws at people from the streets. Like it's nuts, right? It's now. fucking nuts. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yes, a good night at Roberts. Yeah, that's a specific thing. That we wanted this to sound like a good night at Roberts. Yeah, man, it's a transportation business. And the transportation business, and I think we, uh, I think we did it. No. I, th- I think we put our own spin on these classics. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, yeah. we definitely. I think there was definitely a game plan involved with. Uh, what we were wanting to do and definitely a sound that we were going for with these things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think we got them. Mm-hmm. Me personally, it's exceed, it, it exceeded what I thought. 
everybody coming in, the the team that we had around us, really, which um, let's acknowledge them right now. Yeah. Uh, who? Go ahead. Uh, 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 Zach Reynolds. Zach Reynolds, engineer. Um, Tom Baldwin, mastering engineer. Yes. Um, Nick Fry. Nick. Well, who who is the dude that freaking came in and helped? D White. Oh Lord. D White. That that he's a powerful human. Yeah. So I mean, we the 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 dudes that came in and really helped out. Jake Bostic on bass for for yes. some songs, and then Joe. Fick Slick Joe Fick on dot Slick Joe Fick dot com. Joe. Is Slick he Joe on? Fick. Does he have a website Slick Joe Fick dot com? I don't know. He does though. I think that would be um funny now in the context of like how pornographic the internet is. Oh my gosh! Slick you looking Joe it up? Fick would be. I wish. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's a website. Dot com. Yeah, Slick Joe Fig, welcome. Cool. Is it Joe's? It's Joe. Good. I love Joe. Then everybody go to slickjoefig.com. Yeah. He is a true master at what he does. I didn't know Joe got to play for President Bush and the Japanese Prime Minister Junichiro Kozumi during their visit to Memphis. Oh, I totally believe it. Joe, Joe is... uh, It's so funny. (laughs) I love it. Joe is wild. That that dude is uh Joey Slick. What was the name of the band in, in the Memphis? Dempsey's. The Dempsey's. Yeah, the Dempsey's. I mean supposedly they uh, made a mark in that town. Um. Oh yeah, they did. I mean. Oh yeah. Joe's just a beautiful dude. I'm very thankful he's in Nashville. Love you, Joe. I love yeah, I love Joe, man. And Lucy Cochran played some fiddle. Yes. Right. Yes, and, and then Robbie Crowell. Robbie Crowell on some synth. Now those elements. Don would not have had on the record. No. Right? And so when, now that we've had time between now and the tracking of it, I'm confident in those moves that we made because those were good modernization techniques to make the record a little more accessible. I do too. Um, But we kept pretty true to what we would have used at Roberts. Yes, we did. And honestly, I will say this about about the fiddle. The uh, fiddle was kind of a Sunday night band thing. What do that, you mean? Oh, with Josh Headley. Josh, because Head. Madonna, yeah. Oh, boy. And um, Would he fuck it up? Huh? Would he fuck it up? Would oh, he, he'd, he'd, Josh would kill. Really? Oh, it I was all, it was, man, that Sunday night band was freaking. Uh, was it on? Well, honestly, that's a big reason why the, the um, when Jake had the uh, the Music Man bass, because Don played bass in the Sunday night band. That is, Don played bass before he played acoustic guitar. And yeah. and so the the sound of that band was a very seventies bass tone, Texas, yeah, kind of direct into an ampeg. Yes, so it, it, that was right for me. That was a, a big thing of the way that that thing that the record sounds. It sounds like the Sunday Night Band to me. Wow. Um, wow. When so that's kind of the way that I I approached it. I kind of approached it as is like the Sunday night band a little bit. Never miss a Sunday show. Well, the Sunday night show was, uh, I don't know. The, the crowds were always really interesting. Um, and then just Don playing bass and Headley playing fiddle. Porter McClister was on guitar at that time. It, it was, it was an interesting band. It swung really hard. Right. And, um, yeah, the element of no acoustic guitar was really cool. Yeah, pretty cool. It was. It was honestly. It, is really it, a thing. It, it, it was. It was a thing <clears throat> in that band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fiddle, um, electric, bass, and drums. 
That's a different. It was cool. Did Don ever use steel? I've never known Don to use steel. Yeah. I've never seen pictures of Don with a steel on stage. I've never seen it. Never heard of that happening. Only just Telecaster. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they just heard me burp. I don't think so. Okay. I didn't hear it. Okay, well then F it. Yeah. F it. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but so for this record, what what would you say it was that... Cause I, the thing that I'm trying to figure out still is why bluegrass hits just as hard as EDM. And then it's like, why when I go to Robert's and I go and I like, I'm talking about an alignment experience too, like going to see like an amazing bluegrass band and you see the EDM show, it's like, you know, if you have the right substances, you might feel the exact same. Mm-hmm. There's something about honky-tonk music when it's done right that is in the same dance ability. And it's the same. And there's no one better than Don that I've ever noticed, that I've ever seen. That's done it. And boy, have I looked. Boy, have I gone to see a lot of Western swing bands, honky-tonk bands. And it's like, man, there is a way of playing that music that hit it on the head. Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you think that is? I think it was the aggressiveness. Yeah. And just the energy. Right. Right. It's very conducive to just a good old party atmosphere and a holding. What is, but party means... It's when you have a party, it's like a social contract to say we're not going to take ourselves as seriously as we normally do. Well, I'm talking about being at like a honky tonk bar. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially like. But it's playful. Downtown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, it really works. People coming in and out, in and out, in and out. That's the thing, too, is the music is happening whether you're staying or, or going. Yes. That requires confidence. Yes. And. Just all it, everything always being at that level of ten, like I said, even on the ballads, it, everything was ten, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, usually. I mean, it was. It was it was very high energy, man. Yeah, it was it was, it was very intense. It but was it's very organized up. energy too, though, right? Like it's mature energy. Like there's a difference. There's a there's extra additives that you could use to. Well, yeah, I mean, because white stripes is high energy. It is high energy. You know, it's like way different, but it's like way different. This was like but high energy with high accuracy. But it's the, it's the same thing. They're, they, each band is making its own kind of sound. Right. See, that's a 32 now, now plus you're, perspective. Yes. The, 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 I'll get there. Well, uh-huh. it's... Maybe if I started smoking weed next year, I'd be, I would have gotten it, but... You're not even you're not even done with puberty yet, man. Yeah, I know. Your brain's I got nothing to worry about. I'm fine. I'm good, right? I'll start worrying next year. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I plan. I like Benjamin Franklin. Preparing to fail. <laughs> what like, what what's the let me quote? Uh uh uh, uh born uh what is it? Live uh born born to fail. Oh, shoot, I don't remember right now. There's a Motorhead quote. Look it up. I think that literally was the Lemmy quote. Yeah. Born born to fail, <laughs> live, live to win, born to fail, something like that. Live fast, love hard, die young. That's fair and young. Leave a beautiful memory. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's... Mm-hmm. If we're talking about energy with bands, especially with the great bands... 
they know what they're doing. They know the sound that they're going for. Right. It's, and then right. There's explored, but not a yeah, lot. Yeah. way. The parameters are defined. The parameters right are defined. Um, and then <laughs> somehow, you know, there's there's another element that'll show up. Whatever that is. Right. 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 Let's say let's just right. call it the extra member. Oh, that's a nice way to raise it. Well, it really you is know, that. I mean, it, it, with with the great bands, with with you know, even good bands, there's just some kind of je ne sais quoi that comes in and puts an extra thing on it. Yeah, and that band knows how to how to do that. Yeah, man. You know, if we're talking about you know, Led Zeppelin, the Buckaroos, or freaking you know. I don't know, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Wow. You know, all... It's... Fish. Fish. Yeah. The Grateful Dead. Oh, God. I mean... Th- Even th- Spring 90. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just... Each, uh, each of those entities are unique and very special in their own way for some reason. And they make a specific sound. You know... That's why sometimes if you take the original members out of some bands, that's why they can't really capture the, you know, yeah, the the magic like you thought they had before. Let's just say the 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 Sammy Hagar, David Lee Roth thing. That's a whole what thing. you know, whatever. That's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. But there is like, I think Allman Brothers is a good example of that. Yes. Uh, Let's just say the who when Keith Moon died. Yeah, no such thing. I mean, there's, it's just. That's why Zeppelin was genius to call Yeah, him. that's exactly. I love Coda. Don't get me wrong. Co- well, Coda, that's the original members. That's mm-hmm. nobody is, nobody is different. I mean, that's the original lineup too. I don't think they ever put anything out with different members, did they? Well, didn't they put out the, they did like a Coda a just show? came out after. Well, they did um, Live Aid, I think, with Phil Collins playing drums. That and some other times. And then they did that thing with Jason, bon- uh, Jason, Jason Bonham. Right, Celebration Day. Yeah. Yeah. Which I still haven't seen. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy good? good, yeah. Okay, I need to see it. Crazy good. I tried to go see it in the theater. and uh, just so weird. Yes, he is. He's weird in a way that doesn't seem friendly. You know, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, and everyone knows. Yeah, just look up Jimmy Page Red Snapper, everyone. Whoa, like, <laughs> that was it. That's like that for me was like, I when I listen to a whole lot of love solo, it really hits different now because it's like it because it, it there's no better quote that I have as of recent history, which is Salvador Dali said, "I don't do the drugs, I am the drugs." Yes, and it's like, man, so you have to. When you look at it like that, I think what he means is that there's a way you can interact with your experiences in which that those experiences, even though if they're not directly musical, yeah, they can come back alive in some way through your musical experiences. Well, I think there's different levels that you can enter into right. with such things, and you have to be aware of what you're playing with because if you open yourself up to things that you don't know what you're opening yourself up to, they can take hold and they might be harder to get rid of than you might have thought, if you know what I mean. But, you know, wow. through 
time and through, you know, all the creative weirdos. Yeah. You know, you were able to, and a lot of them have done really amazing things, but you kind of see what they become. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself, do you want to go that way or do you want to go that way? <laughs> that um, is how life would be if there were street signs. Yeah. It'd be that way, this way. Because I mean, way, I've, I've yeah. just, I've, and in my own life, I've seen dudes that have given themselves over to things that, it's gone. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they, it's, it's, they've been took. Yeah. People have too much confidence in their self discipline and, um, and they're not realistic enough to realize that they're not good at controlling yeah. themselves. And you have to be aware yeah. of what you open yourself up to. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Even if it's Aleister Crowley or, or if it's, uh, or if it just, you know, bad substances. Well, you know, uh, Aleister Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> Is that who it was? It was Aleister Crowley. Yeah, he was way in the castle. He was. Oh yeah, the uh, he bought he bought his uh, Jesus. Is it, I'm trying to remember the name. It's a forty Bostoff, room. The, I'm, I don't remember the name. It's like of a forty it. room house, and there's yeah. only two windows. It was uh, supposedly it was bought specifically to do some kind of crazy rituals. It was made. It was sponsored. The government sponsored him to make it. There's a fucking huge basement with corpses and stuff in there that they found. Oh, I didn't know about the corpses. Oh, man, come on back. Yeah, dressed up in, like, black satin. It's, like, it's a real thing. I believe it. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are into some weird stuff. bunch of moldy bread. and I don't know how we got all the way from... Moldy bread? Yeah, it was crazy. I'll send you the YouTube for it. I'll put in the link anyone wants to watch it. Actually, I'd like to see that. It's crazy. Well, if you see the building, it, like, freaks you the fuck out. Oh, I'm sure. It's It's a 40... Like this, this small room, 480 square feet, this has one window. It's like, you could use some light. Yeah. A 40 room house. Like that's an absurd size building. First of all. I'm just telling you, man, some people are into some weird stuff. You can't, you you don't, you you got, you got, got to go one way. Eh. And you know what I do your thing, man. I ain't gonna, whatever. There's a thing that I think that. I can take from working with Don. He was very sober. Don never yes. drank. Oh yeah. Never one sip of alcohol, smoked cigarette, nothing nope. cannabis, psilocybin, nothing. Yep. You know, and that's a synth that's non synthesized. Yeah. Non synthetic things. Like he nothing. Literally. And it's like that bled into the music in a way that was contagiously nice. Mm-hmm. You know? It really did. There was a discipline. Yes. There was a discipline to it. Yes. You know. it was like Every I, show was the same too. Like pretty much. Every show was pretty similar. Yeah. And you knew what was going to happen. You freaking, it was almost like clockwork. And, yeah. And, and some, a lot of times that was really good. Yeah. A it helped you control. get through a slow shift sometimes. I don't, you, yeah. And so you think about slow shifts, and I'm sure if we were to be able to have the ability to go relive it presently in like a full resolution way, mm. it would have felt slow as fuck. Yes. I really don't remember. Some I don't remember boring. Mm-mm. Music was never boring. No. Playing that no. way. No. Music was never boring. It's just, you know, sometimes the the atmosphere of the club was could could be a little yeah. lame. Oh, lamer yeah. than usual. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the fifth member lives there. Oh Lord. Or the extra member. Well, I know he didn't in that band. Yeah, there is something very. I know, I know that it. Band, I know that band 
it was it was it was it was the sound it was just the sound of it it was the way that he liked it and the way that he ran it boy and it was it was very good and i Power hope that intentional music i hope that this um it's really life changing yeah intentional music the power of it it really well, it was very it was very forever. tight it was very it was very direct the way that he that he played everything and and did everything was very direct on definitely on stage um and yeah there was there was a force to it that kept him sustained that could sustain him now if he decided to come back isn't that kind of weird it's like and surround himself with the right people too that is yeah there was a kind of a uh, short era where don's band was a little lackluster <laughs> towards you know in, in yeah. certain areas doesn't matter where. yeah totally but it's like it's like you could see that too it's like yeah. but he had the ability to surround himself with the right guys which goes back to the he was the best band leader yes in in that when in that world yeah you know broadway roberts he really was. He was the fucking man. He was the godfather of that street, man. He yeah. walked, especially the guitar players, man. They would do anything for him. <laughs> I know, Every so guitar funny. player wanted that gig. I know. Every hot chicken picker wanted that gig, dude. I and know. especially in Nashville, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guitar. The, it changed you, my life first he, time I saw it forever. Exactly. Forever and ever. There is a reason why that this town is called Guitar Town. I know, and it's like, the, and you, it, so like, okay, that's an archetype, and it's like to find the actual source of the archetype, to find out, oh, it's actually one guy, really. Yeah. Right? Even the most recorded guitarist in Nashville history, he started in Don's band. Yeah. It's like, oh, so. Yeah. If we're talking about Brent Mason. We are. Oh, yes. So we're kind of talking about the guy that really had a big hand, aside from Chad Atkins and other producers, yeah. in it being Guitar Town. Yeah. It's like that's a crazy nice thing. Lawnmowers. Oh, that's all good. <laughs> yeah. No. Podcast etiquette, man. It's it's very loose. Okay. Well yeah. then shoot. You're listening to Joe Rogan or anything? Oh yeah, I totally do. Oh, I totally they, they listen get to Joe Rogan. On I I know they do. Oh yeah. I, and you could probably You're edit some things now. out too. Huh? You're being a gentleman now. Oh, I'm trying to be. I don't want I don't want to well, you know, I don't want to blast belching in people's ears, yeah, man. You don't want to. No one wants that. Some people do want that, actually. Really? Yeah, Bobby Lee. You ever listen to that no. Tiger Belly podcast? Nope. Boy, man. It'll, it'll I really don't you. listen to any podcasts. I listen to Mark Maron every once in a while. Mark Maron's good. Mark Maron's good to What the Fuck podcast. Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cynical. Yeah. But pretty, yes. Pretty experienced and pretty powerful man. So when 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 do you think, when is the record dropping again? The first song is 827. 827? Yeah. The first song is. First song is. For some reason, I thought you said the first song was today. I don't think so. I think I think we have the pre-save coming out today. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's coming out the twenty seventh. Does the whole record come out the twenty seventh? No, just the first song. Oh, yeah. when does the record drop? I don't know. Well, shoot. Yeah, they're signing between a couple of days. Okay. Well, then. Yeah. Then rock. Then rock on. Yeah. 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 I don't think it, you got to let the guys who know. Yeah. That's they really do care about certain days dropping. It's like, you know, we want to we want to send to this playlist um, editor. We want to make sure that we have these assets in line. It's like that's fine as wow. long as as long as you communicate. But it sounds more complex than it really is. Do you have dudes to do all that stuff? Yeah, but it's not a fancy thing. I mean, oh dude, really? Yeah, man, I need to get I need I need to get on the train. I need to start making my own playlist and doing my own. Gotta get on the train. I need to figure it out. 
Who are these people that you have that help you do these things? Um, well, one RPM is the team right now. Um, they're actually a really oh the the Thirty Tigers. No, Thirty Tigers is a different. What, who has? I thought there was a something RPM. One RPM, and that yeah. that's the only thing that's like that, and they help kind of uh, independent artists, right? No. They do do that, but they're not the only one. Okay. But they do a good job, and their model is really cool because if you do well uh, based off certain analytics, they can act as your record company and um, and um, advance you okay. capital, uh, to invest in marketing and they uh-huh. have infrastructure with people that know how to do and handle those funds awesome. and employ them properly. And it's like, it's cool. It's what a record label does. For some but reason, it's a free market record label. Like okay. If your music does well, then you know, yeah, you know yeah. reach out. And if your music doesn't do well, which odds are it won't, yeah. you know, know, it's like I know that's okay though. It's like it's the Wild West, man. It's the Wild West, and they'll just you know they'll distribute your music for you for free, and they just take a percentage. That's cool. And it's like that's very fair. It's mm-hmm. a very fair free market approach to putting out music, and they're awesome because on you go on their site and they have um, great interfaces that allow you to create links that you could share on social media to help people engage in the music and like cool. they give you all the analytics on where your royalties are coming from uh-huh. social yeah streaming platforms and i think all that stuff's fascinating you know and it's I like, do too. just to know that it's satiated on some level helps me actually rest that left part of my brain and then you yes. know, smoke a joint on the right side of brain and then write for a few hours and get lost and I know. find something else when you lose your mind well especially how how you're you're running your business right now you're you're doing you're doing well and you think so oh yeah i think i think you're you're definitely in the process of building a a wonderful little world for yourself thank you man that's all we want to do isn't it yes it is that's honestly all we do is build worlds yeah it, it really is I, I i i'm a big a big believer in that and um that's the thing about Don too, just because I know that's the topic of that's the center of this. You were kind of in his in his mind, in his world. Yes, totally. Because the way the music ran, and he, there's no way he was conscientious enough to know this, but the music felt like him. Oh like yeah, it, like it was a bucking bronco. Oh yeah, well that that totally. Well, it was his. It was his. That band was his. It was his uh, everything. And I'm seeing that now when I go and watch Trey. And it's like not as controlling, but it is like you're in Trey's world. Like you're in his mind when Bathtub Gin drops. Yeah. Like you're in his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. And his mind has now has now manifested into this amphitheater with thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And everyone now is partaking in the consciousness of his mind. Yes. And it's like, okay, so scale it down to Roberts. <laughs> it's like that's a really effective electrolyte shot. It's like it's like wheatgrass almost. <laughs> well, it is. It's now you're getting into the the psychology of uh, being at a show, yeah. you know, being right. the performer on stage, and then the the audience member and the actual yeah. circle of energy going between the two. There's so many distractions in Nashville that are that are dialogue based that would allow you to not look at that, or perhaps hypothesize on the value of truly trying to see yeah. your audience mm-hmm. and where it's like, it's all about numbers. It's all about a blue check mark. Oh yeah. And it's all about like, Oh, I wrote this song with this guy. So it must be good. Yeah. And it's like, well you go and play a whiskey jam and no one gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so you're not seeing. Yeah. And it's like, man, Don made you see. Yeah. He like forced you. He held your eyes open. Well, I think then you're talking about becoming the individual, your individual, boy, your boy. person. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lifelong he, process. The the. <sighs> and then and then the <laughs> and then also the pursuit of. <laughs> Nashville is whatever you make it. Come on. Nashville, yeah. you you, if you want that blue check mark, you can get it and you can pursue it. Fuck yes, you if can. If you want to come here and make a living and do your thing, you can do that. You can do that. You can you can come here and be a scoundrel. You could. You can you can come here and be a jerk. You can come here and freaking Nashville is what you make it. And if you want to have a beautiful experience here, you can. Um. The ones that find themselves and really do become themselves as a musician and, you know, get known for what they do, they they stick around and there you can do that too. Persistence. Persistent, big time. Oh yeah. Big time persistence. Because yeah. when you persist, you're challenging the challenges. Yes. That are set in front of you, and you're kind of trusting that there's a lesson for you to be learned at the end of them. Because you know how many people are ahead of you that have been here longer than you, been yeah. do, been hustling, putting hours in longer than you. You have to persist. Yeah, you have to persist. If, if you – when I moved here, my mm. dad said, give it two years, and I definitely did. And I came to town, and I put my time in, and – slowly but surely got gigs and there's never been a time where it was like well i mean there's been times where i've questioned like man am i do what am i doing da, 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 da. you got but it, never yeah. like a thing of gotta hang it up right I'm that's done. a different thing yeah yeah there it's there's always been little things mm -hmm. pointing me and showing me you know you're on you're on the right path yeah man yeah um and I can only speak about my own experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the best experience to yeah. speak from, man. Um, because a lot of people today don't speak from their own experience. Yeah, <laughs> it, the, the you have to. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you that this is another big thing about from from my experience. You have to smash your idols. All the right. all the players that you hold in your head that you hold most sacred. You have to smash them down. And you have to break them. And, we and keep then you have to put them back together in things that you, the way that you see. Right. And the way that you believe serve the best things. And then, then you will hear people's feedback and you will learn what works and what doesn't. And you add that to, to this new little thing that you're making. And then that little thing that you are making is yourself. You have to take all your idols and smash them. All your Levon Helms, all your James Gadsons, all all of them. You have John to Fishman. smash them, smash them down. Yeah. In this town, you have to serve the song and be known as that. In in, in any kind of respect, this is not the most. Uh, you know. It's it's hard to like play jam music here. It's hard to play jazz music here. This song runs on, or this town runs on songs. And learning how to serve mm -hmm. those songs mm -hmm. will give you the best leg up mm -hmm. in Nashville. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but you do have to persist. You do have to um, take your licks. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, do you have to take your licks. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. From every kind of direction. Um, but if, you know, and I've, I've only been, I've lived here for 14 years. Um, and I've, I've, I'm, you know, I'm still feel like I'm on my journey of self-discovery. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. The only reason you wouldn't is because that period of time is longer than you projected it to be. Totally. And it's like, so who cares about your projection? Exactly. Life doesn't. Well, this, this, what we are things we're talking about today for me is a new little endeavor being a, 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 a producer. Yeah. Which I'm, I think that to me is one of the most cosmic happenings, you know, are the first gig playing with Don, you were there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, it's, it's a very, I think that's when important. we had this discussion in Roberts and it was all born from a, yeah, from COVID. Yeah. Don quitting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I wasn't able to be there to say, Hey, congratulations give him a hug or no you know yeah so i mean i feel like i had no way and i mean doing a facebook post of like i sure sorry gonna be sad to see don go i mean yeah sad what what kind of, yeah. I, this is the most awesome tribute and thank you to this man well, that's what yeah it's like and and when we had this conversation it was just like well let's let's do it Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it right. Do it right. Do it well. And yeah, it's like you know, there's um, there's a there's a social programming that I I, I like to challenge here because it's like people saying, especially in music, like especially in this music like thing, it's like you're a quitter if you if you stop doing something, and you're wrong to change Ooh. or go pursue some other part of life. Yeah. Like there's a challenge there, and given mm-hmm. that, it makes sense. Like if you get hired for a certain niche thing, then you probably shouldn't change if you want to keep getting yeah. hired and pursuing that as a career. If you want to do that, yeah. I didn't think it was sad. Don stopped. I think Don's fucking played at Roberts since 1996, five nights a week, yep. and only missed less than ten weeks. Whew. That's what he told me. That's what he told I me. That too. I believe it only because. Don is the most sober person I've ever interacted with. Yeah. To a fault. Yeah. Um, to where you're kind of high. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like three guitar picks, face up, yellow Tortex 0.78 millimeter. Don't touch them. Do not touch them. Red Sharpie goes next to the black Sharpie. Don't put the cap on top of it. You put the cap on I mean, on top was, of the he mil- was he Marine? What 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 did he serve? Was he Marine or Army? I don't know. I think he was Army. I mean, but he like served. He was served in Vietnam. Yeah. He, oh yeah. Told me a lot of stories. So I mean, a he, lot of uh, sto- I would probably get canceled if I said those stories now. Even, yes, you would. You know, so I won't say them, but they're funny. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Like <laughs> that's because the life was so hard. Yeah. And that was the marvel of working with Don was whenever you would talk to him about hardship, you realize that. He's a, an example of the fact that your resume is an amalgamation of everything that is a challenge. Mm-hmm. That was once hard. It's not an amalgamation of things that were easy and handed to you. Mm-hmm. Those are actually things that kind of melt away like nice butter. Yes. Right? But the thing that bacon greases up and crystallizes like that is fucking hard work and challenge. Yeah. And it's funny. See, I think, I think Don subconsciously would manifest that each night. Mm-hmm. You, there's no reason the music should have been that hard. <laughs> 
There's no reason except the fact you wanted a challenge. Yes. He wanted he to went push. To war. He was a chess player with music. Yes. He was like playing music with Bobby Fischer. And when you bought, when you saw him walk that street. Dude, there was a vibe. That's the thing. There was, it was a vibe. It was like freaking watching. Uh, a legend. What it was in Godfather 2, not um, the dude that uh, Vito Corleone takes out, the Godfather, before Vito comes in. But that scene where he's walking down the street during the uh, street parade and the Catholic uh thing like for the for the money thing is is going down and it's just the most beautiful most beautiful movie scene i've ever seen in my life that's and the most beautiful scene yeah of of, of godfather 2 where um vito or de niro is is running along the uh the rooftop and i think his name is Fenucci. i think that's the name of the the godfather prior is down in the street kind of walking through saying hey to all the patrons and all oh, the yeah. the the shot people and then he goes into his hotel and Vito's there waiting. Oh. And homie taps on that light and the light comes on and Vito's there with the gun wrapped and Vito freaking offs him. Oh fuck. And then Vito is Vito is is the Don. Vito is the Don. Vito is the Don. Don I'm the thing I'm trying to do now is Pretend Don's there so I can bring that out of me. That, oh, I do too. I, I like that that picture of, I think it's him and Luke that's over to your left, but it's it's just his his face. Don, yeah, Luke. And that hat. Yeah, the hat. That was the thing too. And is that... that the showtimey smile. Yeah. It, like him doing that smile and that point. Yeah, he like saw that, it. That, yeah. He saw it come out of people. And, and you know what? I he hear it. I hear it when, especially in our version of Ghost Riders, I hear... Yeah. I hear everything as it should be, as it would be. And I think we we really did a great job. And I think, you know, I'm not just saying that to pat ourselves on the back or any of that BS. But I really think we did what we set out to do. And yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud yeah, to, uh, to have been a part of this. I wish you... The thing that you learned from playing all those shows, I played 464 shows at dawn. You had me beat by a long shot. I don't know. Really? Oh, yeah. Are you sure? Oh, oh totally. Yeah, you were, in, you were in the full You were in the full on band a lot longer than me. Yeah, man. A lot longer than me. Yeah. I was in, I was in the full on band for maybe four months. I think I'm going to look back being like, that was the easiest and most fun thing ever. Also really hard. But it's like to just be the guitar player with someone who was that aware of what they wanted. Yes. And to do it four nights a week for four hours. So you get testosterone, you get serotonin flow, you get consistency of the room. Mm -hmm. It was really lucrative for that kind of scale of a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it's like dominance hierarchy of Nashville. Like you're in a really cool spot. You get mm -hmm. access to a lot of people networking wise. It's like, and it's just so musically satisfying in a certain way. And it's like, you know a thing is good when everyone has an opinion of it. Yes. The worst thing in music, and that's what Artie told me, is, is, is people walk in here and they don't even know. And that he said that's going to happen. He's like, you got to be a mature man and realize that you're not, no, wow. not everyone's going to Say that feel. one more time. Yeah, so it's like your job, because Artie was Don's you know, yeah. business partner, essentially. Um, Artie had his really blunt, northeastern, father-like qualities. And it was like... um he told me one night before a show commenting on some shit from the night before 
he's like, you know, Dan, you really overplay and you're really just too fucking loud. I can't stand it. <laughs> but he goes, most people, they're going to notice, you know, and they're going to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. And I was getting on it. It's like, well, yeah, what do you think about that? He's like, that's good. <laughs> he goes, the worst thing is that you come, you come in here, you get up on that stage and no one has an opinion of you. Yeah, man. That's, this is not a job. This is not a, a time way to invest your time to not render an opinion. Mm. Mm. I don't want an opinion about, you know, something that's more institutionally sound for life, you know, say like a <coughs> auto, like an auto service or the fellow who came into life the insurance and yeah, like really important yeah. jobs. I just wanted to get done right. Music. Yeah. You want to have an abstract uh, effect on you. You want to, you know, it's like you yeah. knew when you saw Don's band, you knew there was an intention there. Oh yes, yeah, man. It's like it's crazy. Artie's a man. He was in this band called Ivan and the Sabers. What's that band? It was a, a garage. It was a garage band. I want to say in Cincinnati, where he's from. Um, and then I thought he was from Pennsylvania. I don't. Wherever he's from, there he was in this band called Ivan and the Sabers. I bought Artie's records. I bought his record collection. Yeah. Oh, from and, him. Oh, yeah. Well, he's selling his drums right now. <gasps> I know. 300 too. Not a lot of money. What? Arthritis. Doesn't no. play anymore. Artie's really selling his drums? Yeah, yeah. You want to buy them? I think I might have to. I, I was thinking about buying them, too. Dude, you should him. buy them. No. You, no, you should. You should have. You, you need to have a kit. Not in this place. You, you, need, you, need, you need to have a, you need a drum set. Y'all get a drum set in time. Three hundred bucks for Artie's drums. No, no, it's just the snare and the cymbals. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, then never mind. Yeah. Why not? Well, that's snare. Just... I mean, it's breakables. That's all. Three hundred bucks. Yeah, it's yeah, but I mean, you don't need it. I don't need. I don't. I've just been. I've gotten drums recently. I'm. I'm okay. When it's in you. Oh yeah. That's the Alan Watts thing. Yeah. It's in you. Yeah. But from that talking about just to finish that idea, it's like that gig, man, with Dawn. It is a thing where. I want to recreate that forever and ever because there it was a world. It's the same world. It's like I really realized it the other day. I had this idea at least. I, I don't say realize in a definitive way. I, I realize in the fact that I'm thinking about it a lot and that mm-hmm. it's TBD. There was something about bathtub gym, gin that was like the same thing as Scarlet Fire. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing as um, Truck Driving Man into Hung It Up. Yeah, Don, Don Kelly. Mm-hmm. There's like these individualized people creating worlds that leave their mind and encompass everybody in the room with them. And it's transportation. Yeah. And it's like, it's truly the thing. It is. It like seems like it's that's the thing. Man. Being a musician, we or any kind of creative, <clears throat> you know, we we these are these are powers that that we have and 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 first you have to understand and realize these things exist which you are right right that's the first thing then you have to learn how to use them okay. and how to go into them what's the process there? i have no idea but have you done it i i, think I you know have. i've been there i've been yes i've been i can get to the places now especially like within our group and other groups where I close my eyes and I'm straight up gone. Well, that's what I love is I can turn around and see you with your eyes closed only after I've turned around and my eyes were closed and I'm opening my eyes. Yes. 
you know, and other times when you do that, how many times have you been in the position when you're that guy and you open your eyes and people are looking at you and they're not in the movie with you? Oh like yeah. They're, they're actually, a, they're watching you in the movie. Well, that's, and it's th- like, that's, that's our job. We are supposed to be the ones freaking getting into that state. And if they're ones freaking what, if they I'm were, talking about members of the band, Oh, members of the band. Like, oh, that's well, the thing. It's like, you got to find your level. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you're not responsible. You're not responsible. You're not responsible for anybody except yourself. But that's what's okay. So but if you take that with the concept of Don, who was kind of micromanagerial, like there was a time where oh, we were, yes. Don would like, this, this was embarrassing for me because my dad was in front of me and I didn't know how to like, <laughs> I didn't know how to understand the, how respect awesome. works, you know, it was my yeah. first job and uh-huh. I'm still learning how respect works, but yeah. you know, so Ooh. I didn't realize that this wasn't, Ooh, I'm scared to hear this. No, no, but it was a thing. It was yeah. like, it was like on the mic. Like, I don't think Don knew because there was a lot going on. You're handling a lot at Roberts and Don like said something really derogatory. It was like really cursing. And then like took my volume knob and like turned it down. Cause I was playing too loud. <laughs> like, so, like, and then like rolled my tone knob down and like, oh, it was too bright. It was like, I didn't know how to process that. You know, my dad didn't know how to process it. Like no one knew it. It was a packed house on a Saturday or Friday night rather. Whoa. Yeah, it was like embarrassing. You know, it's like good though. You knew how long, that. How long were you in the band at that point? Hard to say. Hard to say. It's hard to say. I don't know. I don't want to, I want to say it incorrectly. I don't know if it matters too much, but I was okay. in the band. Okay. I was in. Like yeah. it was a, it was in. But you were never, um, at least for me, because I was so young. I was yeah. fucking... Yeah, you were... I barely knew how to walk. You were a child. I was literally a child. You were you were on the teat. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, like, I was drinking root beer every night. Like, I was like... Right <laughs> on. Root beer every night. I know, man. Yeah. It's like, it was. It was that... Yeah. Things... Yeah, man. It was like... What a beautiful time. What an astounding memory. No, it's... I, I will forever carry that time and being in that band and playing with that man with me forever and Artie, freaking dave rowe dave joe rowe, Fick, man dave rowe man dave rowe that that freaking right hand is the hand of god <laughs> that that freaking that that man is father time himself i've been calling the right hand the might hand because <sighs> it really is it's the hand that is the one that starts the action yeah and and dave rose is is magical I, I love and respect dave rowe very very much yeah. and his son jerry is uh he's one of if not the best drummer in nashville right now yeah definitely one of the best yeah and i said that yeah 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 why wouldn't you you would be the one to say it. he is i mean yeah yeah i love him i love him to death every one of the best are the first ones to admit that there's other ones of the best his charlie he has the nastiest charlie watts i've ever heard in my life Oh wow! He can he can pull Charlie Watts right out at any moment, and it's just breathtaking. Wow! Really? Oh yeah! <laughs> That's great! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So yeah. the first thing is being aware of these things, and the second thing is attempting to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. The, Does uh, it stop there? Is that where it is? Well, being just being a, being aware is the first big thing. That's. There it is. That there it is. That's a big thing. And, you know, it's like having faith in something. You know, whether it's uh what do you mean by that? That's an interesting idea. Well, it's you know, you you, 
you first have to believe in something to or know about something, have the initial spark of before anything else. You need to like believe that something that isn't as real as what's real now could be that real one day. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right? What's not real now, but you believe it to be. Well, yeah. Is almost just as real as what is real because you're taking actions that are guided by that value structure. Well, are you talking about manifestation now? Whatever words you want to call it, there's a lot of mouth sounds. Yeah. You know? Mouth sounds. <laughs> <laughs> there are. No, there really are. One of my favorite ones is vibe. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do so many people use the word vibe? I don't know. Well, because in, it's it's a social contract of us saying there was something that affected me in a real way that I don't know how to define in a real way. Yeah. So I'm just going to use this word called vibe. <laughs> And it's like, and we'll use it for decades. It's funny to me. Yeah. Oh, it's. Oh, no, she's got vibe. No bad vibes. Right. Only good vibes. Good vibes only. Right. Good vibes only. Like Brian Wilson. Like you could go on and on. It's like mm -hmm. interesting. It's interesting. Vibrations, manifestations, simulations. Well, there is a thing of you have to you. It's almost like you have to see something, even if it doesn't exist, and believe. And now I guess now we are talking manifestation. You have to believe it before you can can physically grab it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's your intention. That's your intention. That's your first step. That's why I'm wondering, you know, so Don's shows are always the same pretty yes. much. Yeah. And so it's like he was almost creating a movie. Yeah. He was creating a thing. Mhm. Mm that was he took you there. And so it's like those songs, why would you not? Maybe it was laziness, who knows? You know, it was maybe yeah. close-mindedness. I didn't want to do these, all these new songs, sure. Mm -hmm. It was like a 100-song-plus master list, yeah. which is sizable. You know, there's bands with more, there's bands with less. And it's like, you know, that he definitely manifested and created something that was accessible and transportative for people. Mm -hmm. And Bob Weir does that. Yeah, You know, like all the great musicians really do that. But it's like to see it done in a honky-tonk for free, Mm -hmm. all those years it's like very interesting yeah. so it's like so that's a form of manifestation playing a show that well on that level it's almost like don's don's was the vibe of of a lot of those bands huh? travis mann no i wasn't the same though i went and saw travis but, mann. but you know what i'm saying it's almost like the, they were they did a lot of the same songs <clears throat> sorry don't be um nervous. You know what I'm saying? It was there was a lot of bands doing the same, yeah, but Don kind of thing, especially back back in those 2009 times. to 2000. There was only 15 clubs downtown. Yeah, there was no clubs. It was it was desolate some days. You could it park really on the street, was, and it was the best. Yeah. That's it. Kind of felt like COVID was a little uh, reprise <laughs> of that time. I used to go on our breaks, and I would read Charles Bukowski's "Smoke Weed" in my car. That doesn't surprise out front. Me. Doesn't surprise me. It's would Dave like, be taking a nap in his car? Dave would go take a nap in his Honda CRV right in front it. of me. I loved it. Oh man! This I, was, Dave would go take a nap at eight forty-five p.m. Yep. And then we would go play. Uh, that time, man, that it was like when you could get a freaking Pepsi in a can or a Mountain Dew at Layla's. Yeah, canned. I just, yeah. I mean, the, the, she served cans at that time, and that was the best. <laughs> That's when I, I started coming to town around two thousand six. 
Mm. I think we moved here in 07. So I met you two years into your journey. Yeah. Wow. Of like living here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was I was hanging out down there hustling, man. John McTeague was the first drummer that to let me sit in. John's great. Gentleman. John's a special man. Yeah. Um, and, and it was is. with Jen Jones. Do you remember oh, Jen yeah. Jones? I do. Um, she liked my shuffle. So when ah. John couldn't make a gig, she would call me. That was my first. Yeah, I know how to shuffle. That was, yeah. I made sure to know how to shuffle. I, my my thing was, if you came to Nashville, if you're going to move to Nashville, you better know how to shuffle because it's country music. You <sighs> better know how to play country music because if you don't, you'll be closing yourself off to X amount of money. That was my mentality at that time. Um, so I always love, like, love playing shuffles. Mm. Yeah. Serve so, the song. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's country music, and I wanted to play it. That's the thing. Like, I wanted to be in the country music. Right. And it's just it's part of the language. You know, the language of the music. It's kind of like jazz. Right. There is a dialogue. There's an accent. Well, it's a ding, 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 ding. It's just, it's, it, it's part, it's part of the basic building blocks of of this music is is a shuffle. Yeah, you gotta have it right, man. You gotta have it really Crazy right. Crazy Arms is a shuffle. Crazy Arms was a huge number one song. Ralph Mooney wrote it. Amazing. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yes. Wild. And produced it. Ralph Mooney. Yes. One of the most cosmic musicians. Ever. 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 Absolutely. So what else is going on? When are you going back out on the road again? This week, we're going to uh, Denver right. and Ogden. Uh, no, Denver and uh, Ganby. Granby, Colorado. Granby. Yeah, Granby or Ganby. Let me make sure. I don't want to speak out of term here. Um, yeah, Granby. Granby, Colorado. How long have we been going? One hour, 25. You want to wrap it? Let's wrap it. Do you want to talk about <laughs> anything else you want to mention? I don't know. Are you going to kind of edit it together a little bit? And... No. Oh, okay. It's, it's how it goes. Gonna... Yeah, it's always one. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me think. No? Buy the new record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Daniel Donato presents Cosmic Country and Western Songs. Thank you for co-producing it with me, man. Oh, my gosh. Really it, is it, a, but... it is a huge freaking... One of the hugest honors, man. There's no... This is my first official thing that's going to be on that's print. Crazy. I was a part of something like this. It was like a, this. We were playing at Roberts several days a week during COVID, uh, yes. during the start of what COVID was yeah. uh, for Nashville. And um, to no one, really, yep. at first, because people rightfully so were a little estranged mm -hmm. to go. And we were playing the in Don Kelly-inspired way of honky-tonk music. And then you told me that you had this idea. To make a record that make was a like record. Roberts on a Saturday. And I was like, yeah. man, have you thought about anybody to produce it? And I think you might have said a couple of people's names. And I said, well, I just did this thing. And I sent you that video link of that little project I just did. And uh, I was just like, man, what if what if you and me did it? Like, we know what, we're, what this is supposed to sound like. I'll just never, that's what, I was like, we know what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah. And you said, yeah, and then game on. Yeah. And then now it's now it's here. Uh, the songs are done. Whenever oh, they yeah. come, whenever the physicals come, 
they'll be here, but hope people dig it and enjoy it. Yeah. It's country music right between the eyes. The great and one and only John Radford. Lessons on staying humble, following your intuition, and taking the music seriously, but not yourself seriously. It's very much like what Bob Weir was talking about um, in the intro section of this podcast in that book, Conversations with the Dead. Highly recommend y'all check that out. Cosmic Country Western Songs coming to y'all, co-produced by John Rafford, on September 30th. Uh, the single, Why I've Been Gone So Long, we have a version that is acoustic. We also have a live version that you can find on YouTube, both separate videos, both very fun. One's on the side of a mountain, one's in front of 800 people at the Ogden Theater. The record is uh, available everywhere, also on streaming platforms now in the entire cosmos. Anyone that you pick will have that song on it. Hope you all can dig it. I want to thank our friends and family over at Osiris Media for hosting the Cosmic Country podcast, The Lost Highway. I want to thank our friends over at Topo Chico for keeping us hydrated as we converse on these wild concepts while moving through the universe at over a thousand miles an hour. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll see you all next time. Osiris. Osiris.